0: SECTION 3 OF THE ADVENTURES OF PADDY BEAVER This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Leder THE ADVENTURES OF PADDY BEAVER by Thornton W. Burgess CHAPTER eight. PETER RABBIT GETS A DUCKING Farmer Brown's boy sat with his chin in his hands, staring at the new pond in the green forest and at the dam which had made it. That dam puzzled him. Who could have built it? What did they build it for? Why hadn't he heard them chopping? He looked carelessly at the stump of one of the trees, and then a still more puzzled look made deep furrows between his eyes. It looked, Yes, it looked very much as if teeth and not an axe had cut down that tree. Farmer Brown's boy stared and stared, his mouth gaping wide open. He looked so funny that Peter Rabbit, who was hiding under an old pile of brush close by, nearly laughed right out. But Peter didn't laugh. (laughs) No, sir, Peter didn't laugh. For just that very minute, something happened. Sniff, sniff that was right behind him at the very edge of the old brush-pile, and every hair on Peter stood on end with fright. Woof, woof, woof! It seemed to Peter that the great voice was right in his very ears. It frightened him so that he just had to jump. He didn't have time to think, and so he jumped right out from under the pile of brush, and of course right into plain sight and the very instant he jumped there came another great roar behind him. Of course it was from Bowser the Hound. You see, Bowser had been following the trail of his master, but as he always stops to sniff at everything he passes, he had been some distance behind. When he came to the pile of brush under which Peter was hiding he had sniffed at that, and of course he had smelled Peter right away. Now, when Peter jumped out so suddenly, he had landed right at one end of the dam. The second roar of Bowser's great voice frightened him still more, and he jumped right up on the dam. There was nothing for him to do now but go across, and it wasn't the best of going. No, indeed, it wasn't the best of going. You see, it was mostly a tangle of sticks." Happy Jack Squirrel, or Chatterer the Red Squirrel, or Striped Chipmunk, would have skipped across it without the least trouble. But Peter Rabbit has no sharp little claws with which to cling to logs and sticks, and right away he was in a peck of trouble. He slipped down between the sticks, scrambled out, slipped again, and then, trying to make a long jump, he lost his balance and tumbled heels overhead into the water. Oh, poor Peter Rabbit! He gave himself up for loss this time. Well, he could swim, but at best he is a poor swimmer and doesn't like the water. He couldn't dive and keep out of sight like Jerry Muskrat or Billy Mink. All he could do was paddle as fast as his legs would go. The water had gone up his nose and down his throat so that he choked, and all the time he felt sure that Bowser the Hound would plunge in after him and catch him. And if he shouldn't, why, Farmer Brown's boy would simply wait for him to come ashore and then catch him. But Farmer Brown's boy didn't do anything of the kind. No, sir, he didn't. Instead, he shouted to Bowser and called him away. Bowser didn't want to come, but he long ago learned to obey, and very slowly he walked over to where his master was sitting. You know it wouldn't be fair, old fellow, to try to catch Peter now— it wouldn't be fair at all, and we never want to do anything unfair, do we?" said he. Perhaps Bowser didn't agree, but he wagged his tail as if he did, and sat down beside his master to watch Peter swim. It seemed to Peter as if he never, never would reach the shore, though really it was only a very little distance that he had to swim. When he did scramble out, he was a sorry-looking rabbit. He didn't waste any time, but started for home as fast as he could go, Lipperty lipperty lip And Farmer Brown's boy and Bowser the Hound just laughed and didn't try to catch him at all. "'Well, I never!' exclaimed Sammy Jay, who had seen it all from the top of a pine tree. "'I guess Farmer Brown's boy isn't so bad after all.'" End of Chapter 8 Chapter 9 PADDY PLANS A HOUSE Paddy the beaver sat on his dam, and his eyes shone with happiness as he looked out over the shining water of the pond he had made. All around the edge of it grew the tall trees of the green forest. It was very beautiful, and very still, and very lonesome. That is, it would have seemed lonesome to almost anyone but Paddy the beaver. But Paddy never is lonesome, you see. "'He finds company in the trees and flowers and all the little plants. "'It was still, very, very still. "'Over on one side was a beautiful rosy glow in the water. "'It was the reflection from jolly round red Mr. Sun. Paddy couldn't see him because of the tall trees, "'but he knew exactly what Mr. Sun was doing. "'He was going to bed behind the purple hills.' Pretty soon the little stars would come out and twinkle down at him. He loves the little stars and always watches for the first one. Yes, Paddy the beaver was very happy. He would have been perfectly happy, but for one thing. Farmer Brown's boy had found his dam and pond that very afternoon, and Paddy wasn't quite sure what Farmer Brown's boy might do he had kept himself snugly hidden while farmer brown's boy was there and he felt quite sure that farmer brown's boy didn't know who had built the dam but for this very reason he might he just might try to find out all about it and that would mean that paddy would have to be always on the watch but what's the use of worrying over troubles that haven't come yet and may never come time enough to worry when they do come said Paddy to himself, which shows that Paddy has a great deal of wisdom in his little brown head. "'The thing for me to do now is to get ready for winter, and that means a great deal of work,' he continued. "'Let me see. I've got to build a house, a big stout warm house, where I will be warm and safe when my pond is frozen over.' and i've got to lay in a supply of food enough to last me until gentle sister south wind comes to prepare the way for lovely mr spring my my I, I can't afford to be sitting here dreaming when there is such a lot to be done with that paddy slipped into the water and swam all around his new pond to make sure of just the best place to build his house now placing one's house in just the right place is a very important matter. Some people are dreadfully careless about this. Jimmy Skunk, for instance, often makes the mistake of digging his house. You know Jimmy makes his house underground, right where everyone who happens along that way will see it. Perhaps that is because Jimmy is so independent that he doesn't care who knows where he lives. But Paddy the Beaver never is careless." he always chooses just the very best place. He makes sure that it is best before he begins. So now, although he was quite positive just where his house should be, he swam around the pond to make doubly sure. Then, when he was quite satisfied, he swam over to the place he had chosen. It was where the water was quite deep. "'There mustn't be the least chance that the ice will ever get thick enough to close up my doorway,' said he." and i'm sure it never will here i must make the foundations strong and the walls thick i must have plenty of mud to plaster with and inside up above the water i must have the snuggest to warmest room where i can sleep in comfort this is the place to build it and it is high time i was at work with that paddy swam over to the place where he had cut the trees for his dam and his heart was light for he had long ago learned that the surest way to be happy is to be busy. End of Chapter 9 Chapter 10 Paddy Starts His House Jerry Muskrat was very much interested when he found that Paddy the Beaver, who you know is his cousin, was building a house. Jerry is a house-builder himself, and down deep in his heart he very much doubted if Paddy could build as good a house as he could. His house was down in the Smiling Pool, and Jerry thought it a very wonderful house indeed, and was very proud of it. It was built of mud and sod and little alder and willow twigs and bulrushes. Jerry had spent one winter in it, and he had decided to spend another there after he had fixed it up a little. So, as long as he didn't have to build a brand new house, he could afford the time to watch his cousin Paddy. Perhaps he hoped that Patty would ask his advice. But Paddy did nothing of the kind. He had seen Jerry Muskrat's house, and he had smiled, but he had taken great pains not to let Jerry see that smile. He wouldn't have hurt Jerry's feelings for the world. He is too polite and good-natured to do anything like that. So Jerry sat on the end of an old log and watched Paddy work. The first thing to build was the foundation. This was of mud and grass, with sticks worked into it to hold it together. Paddy dug the mud from the bottom of his new pond, and, because the pond was new, there was a great deal of grassy sod there, which was just what Paddy needed. It was very convenient. Jerry watched a little while, and then, because Jerry is a worker himself, he just had to get busy and help. Rather timidly, he told his big cousin that he would like to have a share in building the new house. "'All right,' replied Paddy. That will be fine. You can bring mud while I am getting the sticks and grass. So Jerry dived down to the bottom of the pond and dug up mud and piled it on the foundation and was happy. The little stars looked down and twinkled merrily as they watched the two workers. So the foundation grew and grew down under the water. Jerry was very much surprised at the size of it. It was ever and ever so much bigger than the foundation for his own house. You see, he had forgotten how much bigger Patty is. Each night, Jerry and Patty worked, resting during the daytime. Occasionally, Bobby Coon or Reddy Fox or Unc Billy Possum or Jimmy Skunk would come to the edge of the pond to see what was going on. Peter Rabbit came every night, but they couldn't see much because, you know, Patty and Jerry were working underwater. But at last, Peter was rewarded. There, just above the water, was a splendid platform of mud and grass and sticks. A great many sticks were carefully laid as soon as the platform was above the water, for Paddy was very particular about this. You see, it was to be the floor for the splendid room he was planning to build. When it suited him, he began to pile mud in the very middle. Jerry puzzled and puzzled over this. Where was Paddy's room going to be, if he piled up the mud that way? But he didn't like to ask questions, so he kept right on helping. Paddy would dive down to the bottom and then come up with double handfuls of mud, which he held against his chest. He would scramble out onto the platform and waddle over to the pile in the middle where he would put the mud and pat it down, then back to the bottom for more mud." and so the mud-pile grew and grew until it was quite two feet high. "'Now,' said Paddy, "'I'll build the walls, and I guess you can't help me much with those. I'm going to begin them to-morrow night. Perhaps you will like to see me do it, Cousin Jerry?' "'I certainly will,' replied Jerry, still puzzling over that pile of mud in the middle. End of Chapter 10 Chapter 11 peter Rabbit and Jerry Muskrat are puzzled. Jerry Muskrat was more and more sure that his big cousin, Paddy the Beaver, didn't know quite so much as he might about house building. Jerry would have liked to offer some suggestions, but he didn't quite dare. You see, he was very anxious not to displease his big cousin. But he felt that he simply had got to speak his mind to someone, so he swam across to where he had seen Peter Rabbit almost every night since Paddy began to build. Sure enough, Peter was there, sitting up very straight and staring with big round eyes at the platform of mud and sticks out in the water where Paddy the beaver was at work. "'Well, Peter, what do you think of it?' asked Jerry. "'What is it?' asked Peter innocently. "'Is it another dam?' Jerry threw back his head and laughed and laughed. Peter looked at him suspiciously. "'I don't see anything to laugh at,' said he. "'Why, it's a house, you stupid. It's Patty's new house,' replied Jerry, wiping the tears of laughter from his eyes. "'I'm not stupid,' retorted Peter. "'How was I to know that that pile of mud and sticks is meant for a house? It certainly doesn't look it. Where is the door?' "'Well, to tell you the truth,' "'I don't think it is much of a house myself,' replied Jerry. "'It has got a door, all right. In fact, it has got three. You can't see them because they are under water, and there is a passage from each right up through that platform of mud and sticks, which is the foundation of the house.' "'It really is a very fine foundation, Peter. It really is.' but what i can't understand is what paddy is thinking by building that great pile of mud right up in the middle when he gets his walls built where will his bedroom be there won't be any room at all it won't be a house at all just a big useless pile of sticks and mud peter scratched his head and then pulled his whiskers thoughtfully as he gazed out at the pile in the water where paddy the beaver was at work It does look foolish, that's a fact," said he. Why don't you point out to him the mistake he's making, Jerry? You have built such a splendid house yourself that you ought to be able to help Paddy and show him his mistakes. Jerry had smiled a very self-satisfied smile when Peter mentioned his fine house, but he shook his head at the suggestion that he should give Paddy advice. I—I don't just like to, he confessed. You know, he might not like it, and— And it doesn't seem as if it would be quite polite. Peter sniffed. That wouldn't trouble me any if he were my cousin, said he. Jerry shook his head. No, I don't believe it would, he replied. But it does trouble me, and, well, I I think I'll wait a while. Now all this time Patty had been hard at work. He was bringing the longest branches which he had cut from the trees out of which he had built his dam, and a lot of slender willow and alder poles. He pushed these ahead of him as he swam. When he reached the foundation of his house, he would lean them against the pile of mud in the middle with their big ends resting on the foundation. So he worked all the way around until, by and by, the mud pile in the middle couldn't be seen. It was completely covered with sticks. And they were cunningly fastened together at the tops. End of Chapter Eleven, and end of Section Three. Recording by John Leader, Bloomington, Illinois.